Are we ready to rock? Alright! A one, a two, a three, You are listening to the Rat Podcast. You are listening to the Rat Podcast. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show, and I cannot tell you how loved I feel. It's amazing. I, I I go away for a little bit of time, take care of some personal business. You know, people dying on me, my dad having a heart attack. Oh, life has just been so 2020. And, you know, on on top of that, just trying to take care of myself and prioritize everything that I got going on here. And I got to tell you, I I had to I had to make a decision and it wasn't an easy one because I don't like to not do work because, as you could probably tell, I do it to the bone. Giggity. I I, I like to work really hard and I, I, I put a lot of my value and my worth in myself in the work that I do. Unfortunately, um, I've spread myself way too thin and I haven't really been able to be the best that I can be. Hashtag army. So um, I, what I got to do is I got to take a little bit more of a break. And and to be honest, I think that I think it'll benefit everyone. Um, not to say that my voice is so important and or this this po- this podcast is, you know, the next Joe Rogan uh, experience, but. There just has to be a break, you know. He's I was on a break. Hashtag friends. I don't know why so many hashtags today. Um, but what I'm getting at is I'm gonna have to take a break at the end of the year. So this is the third to last episode of the Rad Podcast for 2020, and so I want to go out into the, the the into the rest of the year to clear my head and also prepare you for what I think is going to be some of the most exciting things that we've ever done here at Rad Radio including the podcast and other you know, the Queencast and and everything else that we do here is just going to get so much better cuz I, I I got some, I got a guy I finally got a guy after all of these years I've been looking for my next protege my my next mini me and um you know i had nick on the podcast last week and we discussed a little bit about this new guy and it's almost like the just the cycles of of life and and how things are so um cyclical in in the sense that nick was leaving he was the previous producer for the rad show and you know about 15 years ago he uh Gave Rob a, a little nudge and said, hey, this Brandon guy is actually doing some stuff around here. And truth be told, I was just living at the radio station because I wanted to do this job so badly. I didn't know that it was going to lead me to the morning show, but ultimately it did. And, you know, it just just so happens that there turns out to be a guy just like me who's coming up in the ranks and is just in, as ambitious and just as technologically um, in just focused on all of the things that that I am doing on a day-to-day basis, he's like hungry to do. And I need somebody who's hungry to do that because I'm full. I I am full that my plate is filled to the brim and I can't eat enough. It's just overflowing. So I'm happy to share my meal with the new guy. (laughs) So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to introduce him in the last episode. 
of the Rad Podcast for the year. And it's going to be kind of a, it's, 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 it's the episode's going to be on the last week of November, or at least the week of Thanksgiving. I figured it'd be a, a let's figure out what we're all thankful for this year. And and let's let's recap. I know 2020 has sucked. Absolutely sucked. But you got to admit there's been some really great moments throughout the year. And and I want to I don't want to talk to uh the new guy and I also want to have Rob on. And I think I'm going to do a, a, a you know a quick talk with Don one-on-one. That's something that I haven't done uh yet. I think the only time that I've actually interviewed Don was uh, when I had other guests on, or it was her husband and Don, or you know another producer at the time. So I'm feeling like I, I want to do a one-on-one interviews with them. What do you think about that? I'm just gonna do it, but I do want to know your thoughts. But I'm not gonna say, oh well, Scott from Citrus Heights said, and eh, he doesn't like that, so I'm not gonna do it because Scott said it. I'm gonna say, fuck you, Scott. If your name's Scott, I'm sorry, not really. Fuck you. I just. Using the name as an example. It happens, right? Scott is a common name. That's what they use for examples. You probably hear, fuck you, Scott, all the time. I mean, if you're a dick. Don't be a dick, Scott. Okay? So, it is November. And, um, oh, 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 just to, to, to wrap up the <laughs> to wrap up my thought. Um, yeah, so there's going to be this episode, one episode next week, and the thankful, uh, <laughs> the thankful dump uh, at the end of the month that will... Send me off into the sunset and and let me ride 2020 out like the bitch she is. And I'm going to actually spend that time not just sitting on my ass, but actually training the new guy. So while I'm transitioning to, uh, you know, give up some of my uh, tasks around here to the new guy, I'm going to use that time wisely. I don't want to spread myself too thin. I don't want to give you a shitty product. Uh, of the rap, there's no reason to give you something that is half-assed. You got a whole ass it, man. You got to get the whole ass in there, and I want to put the whole ass out there. And it's got to take some work and some time for me to do some things behind the scenes and get my head right. But I do want to dispel some rumors. Um, oh, and the first episode of 2021 for the Rad Podcast will be the first week of January when we return from our holiday break. Um, so it's something to look forward to, right? It's, it's going to have a whole fresh new feel and, and look, but still give you the heart and, and the good morals that I try to set forth out on the rad broadcast. So literally looking forward to the future and with the new guy, I, while I'm training him, I'm coming up with all these ideas and, and things that I've been wanting to do, but I haven't had the time to do because I've been bogged down by just the day to day stuff. So it's going to be a great thing. And we we just... We bounce ideas off. Well, actually, I just throw ideas at him, and he kind of looks at me like, oh, are we going to do that? Okay, mister. All right, we can do that. That's not really a very good impression of him. He's not really a scared puppy, but I think he looks at me, and he goes, dude, settle down. I can get a little excitable. I like the. – I'm really excited about the things that we're going to be able to do. Um, so good things coming in 2021. And – uh I do want to dispel some rumors that were circulating on the Rad Podcast group. Whoever started it, it's okay. I, I'm, I will forgive you, but I'm not leaving the show, despite what it might have felt like and, and looked like on your end. My break uh, to go spend some time with family after my grandma passed away. Thank you for all the well wishes. Honestly, I, I'm feeling the love. I do love it. But I got to tell you, 
But just because I'm a constant around here doesn't mean that when I leave, it means that I'm going away forever. This isn't goodbye. I am stuck here. I, they can't get rid of me, man. I, I have their social security numbers. I have access to their bank accounts. I have access to their their clouds. So I know I have all of their dirty pictures, man. I'm not going to do anything to harm their careers because this family is what has given me the opportunity to to grow and, and potential. I, there's, so, there's so many things that I'm realizing over the last couple of weeks that I have been stunted over the last few years because just these compounding things. And I'm not going to get it too deep into it, um, but you know, there's some been, there's been some personal things that will uh, that have been pretty earth shattering. This last week hasn't been the easiest week. I'm sure it hasn't been easy for you either. It's been a rough go this week. Um, I woke up late for work one day, and then the next day I I woke up late again because I haven't been sleeping well. And it's it all has to do with this mental health. And I and I want to focus on that uh, in this episode because I have a really special interview with with somebody that I'm going to feature here to to round out the episode. But before I get to that, I just wanted to stress the importance of what it means to. Take time to rest, relax, sleep, eat well, exercise, all that stuff, all those things that you tend to push off because, well, I just want to watch some more Netflix or I just would rather drink or escape in whatever vice that I have because it's easier. It's work, man. It's going to take work to improve yourself. And if you put the work in, life gets easier. I've been making my life really hard on myself and you know, it's, it's a process. That's what this is all about. This, this mental health awareness, this Movember, which by the way, I, I didn't really understand what Movember was when it, when you see these things like Movember and no shave November or no nut November, which I, I heard was a thing on Pornhub. Uh, I've been visiting that site quite frequently lately, and I've noticed that there's banners all over the place that say No Nut November. I'm not participating in that, and I'm also not participating in the uh, the, the mustache deal, um, which was put together by a Movember Foundation, and it's it's a charity event um, that that get that raises money for um, for, for awareness for uh, for mental health. With men in particular and so it's it's just a uh, it's an annual growing of mustaches uh, it's a tradition that raises awareness for awareness for men's physical health issues to include uh, also mental health and self-care for women is everywhere face masks tea journaling calling a girlfriend etc but what can self-care look like for men uh, so I've got some some good tips for self-care for men which it kind of sounds like you ever seen at the grocery store dude wipes. It's hilarious because all they are are just like wet naps or wet wipes. Like you know, you just see them in in the in the aisle for the toilet paper, or the, the the cleaning products, or not the cleaning products, but like the uh, hygiene products. And because they're pink and they say towelettes or moist towelettes, they obviously dudes aren't gonna buy that. I go, I don't need no moist towelettes. I just use my hand. So they marketed these things called dude wipes, which I just think is hilarious. And but I'm I'm in this weird vortex of 
you know, exploring my masculine side and my feminine side. And, and there's a whole other episode for that. Oh my God. I tell you, it, I've been uh, kind of weird behind the scenes here and it, it's, it's been getting a little, I even I'm surprised by myself, but it's also been liberating and I don't want to really give too much away because I think that it could be a really interesting episode that, uh, that, that could dive deeper into my psyche um, but if you had just spent a day with me, you would understand like, whoa, dude, this guy doesn't, he sounds one way, but you look at him and he looks another way. I'll just leave it at that. But it's just funny to me because I saw these dude wipes and I thought, so this is, this is what it's come to. Marketing has to do for men. And, and I, and I get it because it, it, there is a stigma. I suffered from the same stigma. You you're just taught as a dude or a man in this society that you just shove it down. You don't cry. You don't show your emotions. You just suck it up and you get to work. And that's what I do. That's what I have done. Uh, but <laughs> I've changed that over the last couple of months just because life has forced me to. And I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm better for it. I, I'm, I'm expressing my emotions. I'm talking about my feelings. And I'm, I'm crying, which... I think a lot of people are doing that right now, you know, just random things, random moments. You just go, oh, you just, it just, you break down because you're missing something. And because of this whole pandemic and everything that, that has affected our lives this year has, has, has forced us to look inward. We have nothing else to do. So this pandemic is basically like a mirror. It's, it's exposing our, flaws and it's forcing us to dig up those things that we just can easily push aside because ah well I'm just gonna go to the bar or I'm gonna go get you know go to the go to the restaurant or go hang out with my friends or go to the show or go to the club whatever it is that you would do to relieve that tension or release the pressure valve is gone. So we're left with our own devices and we're left with our own thoughts and our own demons and it's like it's it's put us on a fast track to deal with our shit and i'm i'm grateful for it but it's hard it's been difficult and so i wanted to stress how important it is for us to recognize that as men as a society and as people men and women it is so important for us to take time for ourselves, be a little selfish, not too selfish, but just, just enough, just enough to give yourself a break. Be kind to yourself. One of the things that I do as a, as a, a defense mechanism or a, you know, a quirk or it's just something easier to, to rationalize why I feel like I'm not doing well or if I'm not doing enough, well, I'm just stupid. I'm just an idiot. I self deprecate so hard and I am the worst the meanest person to myself I am not mean to a fly I will not I I, I don't smack babies I don't hit dogs I don't throw cats I don't put people down on a regular basis and if they don't deserve it you know I just I'm not a I'm not I'm a I'm a harmless person but when it comes to myself I fucking hate myself sometimes and it's hard for me to say that but it's the truth and being aware of that helps me compartmentalize or at least uh process it in a different way and switch it around and i had a breakthrough over the last couple of weeks and i think it came when uh producer nick 
came up to provide some relief and, and allow me to go run off and have some have some R and R and reflect and spend some time with family and friends and 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 I think that it hit me because I was so deep in the weeds that I didn't I just didn't remember that this job could be so fun. Not only could this job be fun, but life can be fun. You can make it fun. You can do things to bring yourself joy even in the darkest times. You should feel those things in the darkest times, but you can't live in it. And we can't re- realistically, we can't live in a world where we're always having fun. That's just not realistic. But there are certain elements at certain times where you just have to go, you know what? Just take it easy. Man, just take, give yourself a break. I, I don't need to do that. Uh, that's that's the thing that I need to work on. But maybe you can relate. So I, I'm, I'm going to cover a couple of uh, self-care ideas for the modern man. For the modern man. These are the self-care tips. And then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, tell a story in an, in an interview style over zoom about a man who went uh, to prison. He was incarcerated for drugs, just bad company. And uh, while he was in the clink, he got some hate tattoos, racial, racist, uh, racist driven themes, racial tattoos that, um, it's very discriminating, and if you saw them, you'd be like, whoa, that guy, stay away from that guy. And he only did it because he had to survive. He had to pick a team in there. And if if he were to survive another day and not get killed in prison, he had to basically defile his own body with images of racial hate. And fortunately, because of our heroes that ink off me, they provide a service of tattoo removal and many others like hair removal, uh, acne, scarring, um, and uh, uh, brown spots, spider veins, inkoff.me online. It's where you can find all their info. They're in Sacramento, Berkeley, and I think the Sacramento location is the only one that's open right now. I got to double check that. Don't quote me on that, but if you go to inkoff.me, there's all the info there. But this man um, is, is out of prison. And I don't want to give too much away, but he's going to ink off me and his life is completely turned around. So I wanted to focus on mental health and I wanted to wrap it up with that interview because I feel like hearing a story like that, even if it's not like about depression or anything, I think that it will relate in a sense that you can overcome your own demons. And even while you're carrying around that darkness, whatever it is, that depression, that anxiety, the tattoos that... That, that brand you as somebody who believes in the hate of another race and he still continues to thrive, I think it's very motivational. So I'm going to share that here in a second. But before I get to that, these are the five self-care ideas for the modern man. I think I should have like that. Uh, <laughs> I think they should have that uh, like 1950s. And now we go to... Main Street America, where John and Joan Smith are enjoying their milkshake on the finest Sunday of this American day. You know, whatever that fell apart, but I'm not gonna. So I'm not gonna do the music, as you can tell. Um, so uh, here are five ways the modern man can practice self care. You can make time for yourself. The first step to proper self care is making time for it. 
It's easy to get caught up in our daily routine and fall victim to the idea that you don't need to reserve any kind of special time for yourself when there are other more important things to do, such as providing for your family. But making self-care a priority is essential. This is not to say that you need to devote half of your day to a yoga class or sipping tea. Self-care can be practiced virtually anywhere, depending on what type you are engaging in. For example, maybe you really enjoy music. You can listen to your favorite album on a daily uh, commute. Alternate, well, we're not really commuting right now. Obviously, this article is written in pre-COVID times. We're all telecommuting now. But if you have a commute, listen to your favorite album. Alternatively, maybe you know you feel better physically and mentally when you take a few hours a week to get to the gym. Well, I can't get to the gym right now. Shit. Maybe this article was not the best one to read. I don't know. Make up your own gym. Go for a hike. Um, I have a friend that goes on a hike every day. And sends me a picture of the beautiful sky every single day. I mean, it's not going to be like that every day here because we're getting into the winter. But, yeah, I mean, just go for a walk. Get out into nature. You don't have to actually go out and do reps and push-ups. Those are also really good for you. But just getting out and moving and getting some vitamin D. <clears throat> good for the soul and uh you know if, if it's uh it's necessary it being your your own to be at your best which inherently seeps into your every other aspect of your life it's not selfish to do these things engage with others making time to engage with people in your life that you care about and in this case we're probably going to call or facetime or zoom our family but it is so very important it's something that I have neglected for many years, and I don't know why. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I think that I've just been too selfish with my time because I felt that work was more important than you know family or relatives or friends, and they get put to the waste. They, they just get put to the side, and I feel guilty for that, and I carry that guilt, but I need to recognize that it's okay. It's it's something I did, and it's something that I can change, and it's something that I am changing. And there is so much value in connecting with people, which is the most detrimental part about this whole pandemic. The, this inability to congregate and gather and share ideas, share meals, share each other in a consensual way. Not necessarily sexually. That's okay, too. But... In this current environment, it's just harder to do. And, and there's so much divide. There's so many people with so many differing and polar opposite opinions that it just it, – like, is it worth it? Like, it's just harder to deal. But at the same time, it's so important for you as an individual to be in a community because that's who we are. That's what we are as a species. We – we're meant to share things and, and work together to survive. And it's just so important. And, and to have friends, just somebody to, to fall back on, somebody to lean on, even if it's a counselor, even if it's a hotline, because you just don't have access to friends for whatever reason. You know, life circumstances take people in all sorts of directions. You don't know what somebody is going through. So if you show a little compassion for your neighbor, your friend, your family members, you just reach out and you say, okay, hey, how are you doing? Just thinking about you. You're important to me. And I want to know. I just want to know, how are you doing? Let's talk about it. Even, you know, Rob brought up a great idea that, that I want, I'm starting to employ. 
where you just scroll through your contact list. And if you see a name or of somebody you love or you know or you know even an acquaintance, you just think about them, shoot them a quick text. Just say, hey, just thinking about you. And I just want you to know this is why I appreciate you. You know, maybe just a compliment, something positive. And even it doesn't, if you have a friend that you, you know, you guys always like razz each other, you call each other, you know, ass faces or you duck shit about your teams or whatever it is. Maybe that's how you do it because you know the audience, but do something that is significant to them. And it doesn't have to take, it doesn't take too much time. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out conversation. Just a quick message. Just, Hey, how you doing? Reaching out, engaging with others. That's something that's so important, not just for men, but it's something that we men can do without that stigma of, you know, getting the face mashed with the cucumbers on your eyes and all that stuff. So um, another another tip here is to embrace health, both physical and mental. Being cognizant of both your physical and mental health are pillars of self-care. From the basics, making yearly doctor's appointments with both your primary care physician and specialists to more daily tasks like checking in with yourself, your health needs to be a priority to – it needs to be a priority in your life. Psychologically, this might mean taking a few minutes before you go to sleep or when you wake up in the morning, take stock of how you're feeling and make plans to remedy any issues you may come up upon. And, and that's something that I, that I need to do better. I force myself to, I'm, I'm like looking at screens or, or computers or, or tablets or phones all the way up until the moment I go to bed. Sometimes while I'm laying in bed, it's the worst thing to do. You're just stimulating your brain. Try to put the stuff away for at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour before you go to bed. And just think about things. Listen to music. That's not so bad. You know, put on uh, put on a meditative sounds. I, I like to listen to uh, like ocean water running, like waves crashing or like a creek. Although I don't like the sound, uh, like the, the calming sounds that have birds in the background it's always so distracting and, I, and i'm not like an anti-bird person I, i've actually been thinking about getting a macaw at some point i would love to get a parrot because they're so beautiful and they're so smart but they live for a long time and they're very peculiar they're very particular about the people that they're around so like if i die and, the, and this thing is those things can live up to 90 years old or something and if i die i have to will it to somebody who can guarantee that they can take care of it because they're so particular about paraticular uh-huh about their people that you know you need to make sure that if you pass they, they can be uh, taken care of but that's a story for another day and uh so i think that mindfulness of what you're doing that day or what you got coming up tomorrow or you know i, I wake up and i get going in the shower and I, I'm, I'm on the road um probably 20 minutes after my alarm goes off. I'm quick. I just want to get, because I think a lot of that is in the nature of, of the hours that I work, because I'm up at like 3.30, to be at work around 4 or 4.15. This week I was getting there a little later, but uh, that's another story as well. And, and, and I'm, I'm working on that. But you know, I just don't take enough time to just like kind of sit around, make breakfast, drink my... Ah, drink my coffee and read the paper and see what's going on today. I don't do that. I got to do that. And uh, maybe and may, once to get the new guy here, maybe I, I will be allowed to do that. And, you know, I, I just need to get back to those roots. And um, so 
Are you engaging in unproductive worry? Um, are you having a hard time turning off your brain to get a good night's sleep? There are tangible steps to help each of these things, from mindfulness practices to engaging with a mental health professional. Staying on top of your mental as well as physical health can be nothing but beneficial in the long run. And then uh, another tip is to find passion and connection. Yes, find your passion. This is big for me right now. And I, I've realized that my passion is this job, that my passion is you people. My passion is this this podcast. My passion is my ability to, um, and this is something I'm going to have to really cover in the thankfulness show that I've got coming up, uh, my, my gift that has been given to me by Rob Williams. He has allowed me to be myself to the, to the nth degree. Like I can't tell you another job or another person who can just say, you know what? Just do it. You do it. Now there's, there's obviously certain, you know, stipulations and, and the thing, you know, certain guidelines that I need to stay in, but I got to tell you, they're not much. And once you once when you realize that, that you have complete creative control over your, your passion and your, and your work, I can do anything. The, the possibilities are endless. And that's why I'm talking about this excitement, this building for what's to come after the new guy starts. And after I can focus on the bigger picture things and, and really let my creative juices flow, there is an ev ev evolution happening here, people. This is going to be good. And that's one thing that I'm fine. I'm found finally finding my passion again. And, um, it's just a, it's that something things that interest or spark passion in your life is another is another important aspect of self care. For example, is there a particular magazine or newspaper very hip <laughs> that you enjoy reading articles from? Uh, do you love watching professional soccer? No, uh, maybe football or a real sport like that. Or is nature what more gets you going? And that's something for me. Nature has always been a grounding force for me. Going out to the river, uh, walking, walking trails. Uh, obviously, the ocean is the ultimate grounding place, at least for me, because it's just so humbling and it's so relaxing. Just witnessing your, your infinite malleability of just just comparing to nothing you are a speck of a speck of a speck on a dot in the middle of nothing in the vastness of space of this universe and here we are we're just having a human experience while we're flying through the cosmos in an impossible scenario on paper but here we are and it, we're, we're all having this human experience on different levels and the ocean is something that just is is a reminder that, you know what, you're not that important. So maybe you got to just take it easy. Hashtag the Eagles. Uh, so making time to engage in these activities, whatever they may be, is important to build into your schedule, even if in small increments. Knowing what brings you joy and being proactive about practicing or engaging with these aspects of your life has been shown to increase well-being. And then finally, Know your burnout signs. My burnout led me to having a seizure and it put me in the hospital. I had no idea that I could ever do that. I had no idea that I could be that weak. And I say that 
because I want you to know that it wasn't weakness that got me there. It was my inability to recognize that I needed help and I wouldn't say anything. I just refused. I just wanted to get it done. I was, I was it. I was just gonna, just gonna do it, man. Cause this is my job. This is my purpose. This is what I have to do. This is what I have to do as a partner, as an employee, as a husband, as a son, as a functioning human in, in society. I cannot put my burden on other people. That is the wrong way to look at it. We are here for each other. We are supposed to lean on each other. That's what friends are for. Hashtag, I don't know the band of that, that, that sang that song. Um, is that a song? I'll have to look that up. But know your burnout signs. So I noticed that my burnout signs are scattered, being, being just scatterbrained. Uh, I'll walk in circles. I'll just go, where is that thing? Where, where did I put that thing? That thing was right here. I know where it was. And I will look past it. It could be right in front of me. And it's like a it's like a situational blindness thing where I, I I'm focused on trying to figure out what that thing is and where it is, but I'll forget. I'll walk into a room, and I'll forget why I walked into that room. So I'll walk back out, and then I'll be like, "Oh shit, that's what I need to do." I go in there, and that is obviously that, that was my um, <laughs> before I had my seizure. That's kind of what I did in this studio before I went home. I, I was just wandering around the studio. I just had stuff everywhere. I didn't really have any order. There, there, there was just scattered thoughts and papers and 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 SD cards and there's just things everywhere. And I was looking for my keys or something, and I just couldn't find them for for a long time. <laughs> so it, it just became uh, it be, it became a clear sign that obviously you need to just relax. You need to. Just, you need to do, you need to do something for yourself. And so I, I've had those moments this week, but it hasn't gotten to the seizure level at all. Trust me, I'm fine in that department. Um, I, I feel like I've I've isolated the issue that has caused that was causing or that did cause that seizure. And fortunately, it wasn't a substance of any kind. Um, it happened to be certain individual and certain circumstances that that I think led to that. And uh, it is currently being, uh, it's a process of being eliminated or worked on rather. I don't want to say eliminated. Ah, I, I just don't even, I can't even get into it. So with, on that note, uh, taking note of when you are not feeling yourself can help you decide when self-care may be especially beneficial to avoiding burnout or reaching a mental or physical state that would take you some time to recover from. For example, did you just get irrationally angry at someone on the subway who brushed against your arm? Probably not because we're not traveling in subways during COVID times. You're, su you're supposed to do reading first before you read the article on the broadcast. What are you doing? Not reading. But that's just one of those instances. You know, I, I could get angry over the stupidest things. And, and I'll, you know, I, I, there's a funny meme. This actually is a perfect tie-in. It's a funny meme on Instagram uh, that said, isn't it crazy how depending on your mental state, you can either spill a glass of water and be like, oops, clumsy me, or spill a glass of water and be like, my life is a fucking nightmare. I destroy everything. I touch no one will ever love me. And my wet fucking four. Kill me. That's a meme. I didn't say that. But 
it's so true. Like it could be the littlest things that will just set you off. And that's clearly one of those signs that you're having a burnout. Or do you feel completely wiped out by the end of the day to the point that you can't even speak to your wife or enjoy spending time with your children? Now, that is relatable. Uh, little signs like this, whether it be a short temper or exhaustion, that will, of course, be different for everyone, can help identify when it may be time for either a mental health day or for those whose schedules do not allow that luxury, like mine, a half hour or so to yourself. Doing something that you know helps you reset. Self-care isn't just an activity you can build into your daily life. It's a mindset that we all should embody, involving putting ourselves first and checking in with ourselves on a regular basis to help put your best foot forward in everything we do. So true. And, and a lot of, another part of this process that I've been going through over the last many weeks in my self-care and mental health uh, issues that I've been dealing with is that I've actually learned how to enjoy myself again. I'm not talking about masturbation. That's always, that's never been a problem. I'm talking about being a friend to yourself, being in a state where you don't, you don't have to be around anyone and you can just sit there content with who you are and be like, you know what? I'm a good, I'm, I'm, I'm like me. I'm a good guy. And becoming friends with yourself is so important. And I'm still learning myself. I'm still getting into that mode of, 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 of personal exploration and discovery. I think it happens throughout what we all change as people as we get older. And I think the key to that is, is remaining in a healthy relationship with yourself. And a lot of people, myself included, might have been tainted by toxic relationships. And maybe maybe you have created an idea of yourself based on somebody else's perception of you, and you're just running with that script. Can't do that. You got to believe yourself. Believe in yourself. You got you, you to trust your gut. You, if you ever question yourself and you question your own intuition, then there's probably something wrong with whatever, whatever that situation might be. I ignored my gut instincts once. And I even asked somebody, should I trust my gut instincts on this one? Nah. And that was the worst decision I ever made. Never question your gut instincts. Never ignore your intuition. Most of the time, it's right. Sometimes, it can be paranoia. But when you really talk things out, and really talk things through, you know, talking to somebody who isn't close to a certain situation is one of the most eye-opening experiences. Because then you can be like, you know what? You're right. Somebody without bias, somebody that doesn't, have a vested interest in, in the result of whatever the outcome may be of you bringing a situation to them. It's a freeing experience. And I got to tell you, I'm feeling more alive than I ever have been. And I can't wait to share more and, and be more connected and be more engaged and, and, and to share what I have building up inside me because Man, when I, when I let this load go, it's gonna it's it's gonna be miraculous. I can't wait. 
I know. I can wait. I'm not a monkey. I will wait. But I, I, I just wanted to cap this off by saying thank you so much for, for all of the love and support and compassion and understanding from, for my wonky schedules and, and pushing episodes off. And, and I'm going to deliver for the next couple of weeks promise and they're going to be good episodes they're, they're going to be fun I, i'm focusing on the uplifting now um because we got enough bullshit to deal with on our day-to-day lives in the real world can't we just can't can, can we just like just can we just have some fun and be people again that's what i'm trying to do here so we're going to go out with a bang and uh but but you know and then i'm going to take some time we'll be back in 2021 bigger better harder than ever and uh, I can't wait. So uh, without further ado, like I promised earlier, uh, I have this interview with uh, Jamie and Barb from Ink Off Me, two of my fav- most favorite people in the world. They're just the they're just the apple of my eye. They're just wonderful human beings. And if you have ever been to Ink Off Me, you know exactly what I'm talking about because they're the most compassionate people, the most open minded people and you know coming from a medical care background being nurses being uh you know in specific areas in in the medical industry they are just tapped into this self-care stuff and and they also like to share uh their own personal experiences and and it's just so wonderful to have positive influence in your life and these two are some of those people for me and they're not just for me either because the services that they provide for ink off me can change people's lives like cody we're going to talk to uh about these hate tattoos that he received why he got them he'll go into that story how uh what how it affected him at the time um and the, the the events that led him up to going to ink off me and discovering that he could be a new man just want to say thank you for everything you people are amazing the prod heads the prod squad everybody out there in the the maggot army of the rad radio show i cannot tell you how loved i feel and and i, I i'm gonna give it back i'm gonna just gonna pump it right back out to you and it's gonna be great so here we go take it away me and jamie and barb on zoom and a previously recorded Jamie and Barb, how are you? Good. Good. How are you doing, Brandon? Doing well. Is business still doing well over there at Ink Off Me? We are crazy busy. That's good. Yeah, it's, yeah. A lot of people want to come in and especially after the quarantine and wanting to remove hair. (laughs) People people are sick of shaving. (laughs) I can imagine that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of business. Business is a booming or a grooming, I guess you could say. (laughs) A grooming. So just a reminder that uh, some of the services you can get at Ink Off Me are vein therapy, laser facials, acne treatments, which I have done, and it's done wonders for me as well. Thank you very much. Uh, The brown spot removal, uh, laser hair removal of course and uh obviously uh tattoo removal is, is one of the biggest things that you guys uh, uh one of the biggest services you provide there um and we actually have a, a guest with us with uh, along with jamie and barb um his name is cody uh say hello cody how's everybody doing 
It's anybody, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't think he knows that. Oh, oh, is he? Oh, that's right. Sorry about that, Cody. Um, that's a little <laughs> shtick that we do on the radio show here. Oh, nice. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Um, but so, Cody, how did you hear about Ink Off Me? So I was doing a web search for tattoo removal, and I just happened to contact them. And Jamie replied, and I kind of explained my situation, and they were just really open arms, friendly, welcoming to me. And they're providing a service to me that I never thought I was going to be able to get. So, And it, that, would that service be tattoo removal? Tattoo removal for specific tattoos. Okay. Um, so how long have you had this tattoo before we ultimately reveal what it was? So I've had these tattoos for going on, I would say, three years now, roughly. Maybe four. And uh, so one of the reasons you want to get rid of it, is that just because of your job or is it just something, you know, you just want to get a cover up? Was it like a ex-girlfriend's name or something that you don't necessarily want on your body anymore? So, no, it's actually uh, two or three. It's three hate tattoos. Three three hate tattoos? Correct. Okay. And those stem from uh, a past that I had. And obviously I was in a position where it's, you know, uh, eat or be eaten and it's not who I represent. It's not what I'm about. And just just to give a little background, most of my kids are, I have four kids, three of them are biracial. And so for them to be on my body was not, uh, not something that I can work with. So they're, they're racially driven hate tattoos. Correct. Okay. Um, And so, I mean, obviously, we all make poor decisions in our past and we we go down dark roads. Um, What ultimately led you to changing that route? So um, the route was that I, you know, was a heavy user at one point and it led me to make some poor decisions, which I found myself incarcerated. Um, But what led me to change that route was education, my children. Um, and then I was also a business owner before I'm currently a business owner and that plays a huge part in it. I'm very busy every day and I'm around everybody. I don't want to offend anybody Mm -hmm. because that's not who I represent myself to be. That's not what I represent. It's just something I had to do to survive incarceration. And that's one of those unfortunate things about tattoos is you just can't just scratch it off and, you know, try to try to make those changes so it's almost like a permanent reminder that uh, you, you you went through that um, i'm happy to right. hear that things have turned around and that you're uh, sounds like you're a successful business owner and you're, you're doing better for yourself um do you mind sharing what exactly the tattoos are yeah i had a portrait of adolf hitler on the inside of my arm um a swastika tattoo in my armpit and then a couple other little miscellaneous, small, racially charged tattoos um, that have already pretty much been removed. And so that's, that's, has any of this been a route to like maybe your, your, your path, your childhood, or was this just something you kind of fell into um, by the using? So it's not something I even fell into by that. It was the incarceration part. Mm -hmm. So when you're incarcerated, you have to pick which group you're going to go with. And if you don't pick a group, then 
you don't really survive that environment. Um, so I had to pick. And if you pick outside of your race, that's also something that leads you to not surviving that environment. So, um, so it was based on my incarceration purely not based on my beliefs. That's terrifying. And that's just terrifying. And especially since, you know, hearing that you have biracial kids, I'm sure that's that that's not something that was easy to, that choice was not easy to make. Right. And for the years that I was incarcerated, I couldn't even have my kids come visit me because they are biracial. And that would have led to me, you know, getting violence inflicted on me. Like blowing your cover, basically. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is just awful. And now, do you, uh, Jamie or Barb, do you, being in tattoo, the tattoo removal business, have you ever experienced, is this like just kind of normal for you guys to see oh, tattoos yeah. like this? God, my heart is breaking when I'm listening to this. I've done a lot of work with young ladies in prison, and these are ladies who have been in there for quite a while. And what they all say is the same thing, is that especially when you first get to prison, you're a newbie and you feel like you have to do something to protect yourself and align yourself with a, with a group. And so they've got all these tattoos on who don't represent who they are now, or their feelings and just remind them of that vulnerability and how stupid they were when they were young. And Cody, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that you had these while you had children too. That must've been really terrible for you. I, I can't imagine how awful that, that was. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty horrible. You know, they don't even know that I have them. I never take my shirt off in front of them ever. Wow. So that's another thing is like, I can't even go to the pool and take my shirt off with them until they're removed. Yeah, but a lot of people's tattoos are related to their previous drug use or their incarceration yeah. and they're clean now. And those tattoos just remind them of where they've been. And, you know, I find that when people get them off, there's a lot of emotion involved with them. And a lot of times there are a lot of tears and a lot of things that come up, feelings that come up that even surprise the people who have them. Mm -hmm. Anxiety. Yeah, I'm so used to that that I that I provide that as part of my counseling. That don't be surprised if that's happen if this happens and that's okay. Yeah, I think the the feeling for me is I get an overwhelming feeling of relief. Mm. Fabulous. That is one good thing. One of the many good things that you walk away with from Ink Off Me is the just the care that goes into every procedure and the connection that you have with people like Barb and Jamie. Uh, it's good for the soul. And what you're doing there while addressing those past mistakes, behaviors, whatever they may be, anxieties, um, it's it, it just it's a relief to get out and, and get out of there and feel a little bit more whole, um, even though you're taking a piece of you off, um, maybe a piece of you that doesn't need to be there anymore. So it absolutely does not. <laughs> so how uh, how far along are you in the process of getting your tattoos removed? So I've gotten my first treatment. I'm going back for my second treatment again this week. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we're, I, I'm actually looking because I have a lot of other tattoos. I'm looking to remove everything I have on my body, whether it's, you know, related to anything in particular or not. Um, and basically starting with a clean slate. So what Jamie and I discussed, it'll probably be about two years before I can be a completely clean slate with it's everything. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be a long process. His tattoos are pretty dark and they're pretty large too. Gosh. And how did you, did they have a tattoo gun in when you were incarcerated or was this like old school poke tattoos? 
So they make them, um, and they make them out of a motor, out of a CD player, and out of guitar string for the needle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! And then the 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 ink itself is basically uh, burnt oil that they catch in a brown paper bag, scrape off, add a little bit of shampoo and water, and that's your ink. Now, could that be contributing to the length of time at which? it's going to take for this tattoo to be removed because of the, just the way that it was drawn on you? Well, you know, if you get lucky and you've had a single needle tattoo, like you were talking about with only uh, split, you know, for baby oil, table chair leg, something like that. Uh, It depends on the hand of the artist too, Mm -hmm. how deeply it was put into the skin. And sometimes they're inked and over inked. Um, the ones that Cody was talking about with the CD player uh, guitar strings, sometimes those go in a little deeper. Uh, people are getting better now about not smuggling in tattoo inks, but there was a period of time when tattoo inks were getting smuggled into prisons, and those were being used, and those are a little bit harder to get rid of. Mm. And, of course, it depends on part of the body. So Cody's, Cody's pretty lucky with his arms because he even though they're kind of covers and multiple layers and stuff, it's closer to the heart. So that also plays a role. You can get your tattoos off a little easier the closer they are to the heart. But, you know, sometimes I can get a tattoo off in four to six times. And if it's done with professional ink, it's going to take Four. So you said that it's easier to remove tattoos when they're closer to the heart? Yes. How does that work? Better circulation. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. White white blood cells come in and they they glom onto the ink that we've broken up into small particles and flush it out through the lymphatic system. Wow. Body. So, you know, if you don't have too much ink and you have a nice healthy immune system and you're exercising and drinking a lot of water and stuff, we can, you know, if it's a light tattoo, you can get rid of it quickly. If it's on the trunk of the body, it's quicker than the arms or the feet. Or whatever, if it depends on the color of the ink. You know, I had one gentleman with a green swastika on his heel, on the bottom of his foot. So, number one, green takes a very long time. Uh, Number two, it's very painful on your foot because you have more nerves. So, that tattoo was going to take a lot longer than Cody's tattoos. So, is there a. It's, it's the one of the things we've heard about tattoo removal, especially at Ink Off Me, is that it's probably one of the more uncomfortable procedures to get. You might feel a little bit more, more pain than any of the other procedures. Cody, how is the pain for you uh, as far as the treatments go so far? I know you've only had one, right? Right. Um, I would say, honestly, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it's not the worst thing that I've ever felt in my life. But by any means. So it's, I mean, it's manageable. Yeah. I think the after. Um, not, not painful, but I would say irritating. That's what we've heard. It's almost like a burn, almost oh. like a, like a, like a sunburn type of feel. We're all for keeping tattoos or putting something you love over something that you don't love. So that's really your choice. And we don't, try to get you to take off anything that you don't want to take off put it that way that's cool because i i got some pretty pretty dark ones on my arm and i know this will probably take a couple years to get off yeah it takes me an average of about a year and a half to get a 
get a dark tattoo off. Yeah. And will it completely, will it be gone completely by the time Cody's done? You won't, like, you won't even see a trace or even like an outline of one of the things? Nope. And the longer you wait, the more it fades. That's awesome. And going back to um, removing tattoos, especially our our, um, patients that have hate or gang related, um, it's such an emotional experience for them from the first call when they talk to me. And by the time they get to Barb, you know, they've told their story over and over again of why they got them, how they got them and why they want them removed. And it's such a journey and an emotional journey for some of them, such as Cody and Maria. And um, it's rewarding to see that side of medicine um, because you don't get to see that kind of thing very often and hear the stories that you you hear. It's pretty, pretty amazing. People want to change their lives and um, it, it gets hard when you can be judged by a simple tattoo when tattoos are relatively accepted in society right now. But if you they think they're gang or hate related, especially nowadays, um, it can be really destructive to jobs, relationships, friendships, you know, just walking down the street. Nearly makes you think twice about getting those tattoos if you're listening to this right now. That's for sure. <laughs> we have lots of parents that bring their their kids in, teenagers in to watch the painful procedure so they <laughs> they learn. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> I have a whole family that comes in. Uh, yeah, and the fa- the kids always like to see their dad in pain. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think we lost Cody. Trying to make sure I didn't do anything wrong on this end. So that lemoncello was delicious, by the way. Oh, I have some picante salsa for you, too. Mm, I just made what? it. Do you like picante salsa? I love salsa. How, spi- okay. how spicy is it? It's pretty spicy. Oh, fantastic. My son loves it. So I know you, I know when Kellen likes it that it's really spicy. Nice. Yeah, I, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going to jar it tonight and bring it over to Barb. And, Barb, I have some for you, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Cody, you there? Yeah, it cut me off. I'm sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> no, it just cut it cut me out for some reason. You're speaking too much truth. Too much truth is being spit. <laughs> Cody, what would you give as advice for somebody who's considering getting their tattoos removed? Do it. And yeah, don't hesitate. Just go in. At least do the consultation and get started. Um, and you know, it it doesn't hurt to try it once, right? So if you decide after you don't want to do it. That's on. That's your prerogative. But I recommend going through the whole process and truly getting a new lease on life. Um, that's what it's going to do for me. I already feel with the lightning that's happened. I already feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin. So I recommend it, especially for anybody that's got, you know, gang related or hate tattoos, um, or anybody that just has a tattoo they want to get removed. It it just gives you a new lease on life, and I, I truly feel more comfortable in my skin with the lightning that's already happened. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And I'm sure that just hearing your story will be inspirational to many, many others. Um, and, and real quick, um, Barb or Jamie, he mentioned getting a consultation. Is that something as easy as just giving a call or, or shooting an email at inkoff.me um, and just scheduling? Is it free to do a consultation? Yeah, actually, I think Cody and I started through through our website. We have a contact where you can set up a consultation and it just comes to my email and I email the person back and, you know, ask for pictures and it is free and either I can do it through text or through email. Um, 
and then they just give me the dimensions of the tattoo and we talk about it and the color and the you know and what it is and sometimes people say why they got it or and we do a lot of fin- ring finger tattoos actually oh yeah uh, <laughs> a lot i've had quite a few consultations with ring uh, ring finger tattoos in the last couple months um, but it's very easy um, and it all comes to me all the consultations go through me or go through the the text through the phone that i carry through the app for ink off me awesome yeah and then they get to see barb of well- gotta see barb everybody loves barb everybody loves barb Barb is awesome isn't she great <laughs> God, i can just hang out and, and just talk to barb and not get anything done i'd love right. that right right everybody made me so comfortable <laughs> there's something getting done it just might not be tattooed <laughs> <laughs> you always wonder why people come out with smiles on their faces mm, yeah oh, right what kind of barb. services are you providing there barb yeah barb <laughs> Treat the whole individual. Come How on. come they always want to tip you, Barb? Yeah, tip me. I'm going to put that out there ahead of time. I get paid money. <laughs> so, no, because, you know, there's the whole individual behind the tattoo. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all a unique universe. So come in and see me. I'd love to meet you. That's what's great about our family at Ink Off Me, our, our employees and, and owners and everybody. Is we, we don't judge. We We listen to your story and we realize that everybody makes mistakes uh, we make mistakes and um, we want to make you feel comfortable. We want to make sure that, you know, everything goes well and, and keep, make you comfortable and make you feel, you know, lessen the anxiety and cause it's a, it's a painful process and a long process. And I, I think that's what Cody was, was saying just a little bit ago is that uh, Barb made you feel comfortable. Is that what you said? Oh, beyond comfortable. Both of them made me feel comfortable they put on the music that i like to listen to and you know just kind of went to work and it was really a fast process i I would expect i would have expected for it to be much longer but the process itself was a matter of minutes and i never felt comfortable getting pain before yeah it's not like when you get a tattoo it doesn't take a long time it's painful but it's very very quick Mm -hmm. and are you getting it all are you getting all of your tattoos worked on at the same time or are you going like piece by piece yeah it's piece by piece so how cody how big do you think everything is how big is the um adolf hitler um tattoo oh, yeah. uh that one's probably four by two and a half yeah i say four by three on that one yeah wow. yeah yeah it's pretty big wow is it i i, I mean obviously it's, it's a, a bad it's a bad tattoo but is it a good tattoo of hitler um, <laughs> I mean, the like the portrait it's, itself like is actually very well done. Yeah, it's, I'll say that. Unfortunately for Cody, it's on the underside of his arm, like right kind of close up oh. to where that hurts. Yeah, anybody who's gotten a tattoo knows that that is a painful place to get a tattoo. It's also a painful place to get it off because you have a lot yeah. of nerves going up under your arm. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, oh, it sucks for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Cody, you agree that it's worse than actually getting the tattoo? No. Oh. Uh, just because of the placement. I think the placement when you're getting the tattoo itself is fairly painful, and especially in the way that I got the tattoo. Um, but... It, it, it wasn't as bad. I may be right there with it. I don't know about other places on the body yet because I haven't gotten that far, but at least for that spot, it, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. 
Well, I think that's all uh, that all I had for you, Cody. I'm really grateful to to have you on uh, the broadcast and talk about your uh, experience. And I mean, I'm sure it's it's never easy to dig it back up and 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 confront it and talk about it. But I'm really glad that you uh, decided to come on with us and, and talk about it. And I'm also very happy to hear how you've turned things around. And it sounds like you're in a much better place. Um, and and it seems to be a short time. So. I, I just want to commend you and I appreciate you for coming on here. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Cody. All right. See you this weekend. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. It's so easy to forget how all of this is affecting us and how it trickles down to all the various levels of our infrastructure, even including the prison system, because they're, you know, whether, however you feel about the prisoners, they're still, some human left in a lot of them. I mean, there's examples like Cody who are just there. They're trying to turn themselves around and the, the, the recidiv- recidivism rate um, oh. might might be, you know, affected by all this. And I think that there's almost some safety for people to go into the prison system. I, and I know that there was something, there was some truth to that before COVID as well, but it's just astonishing. And history will only t- be able to tell how much this will affect us in the long run but right. gravitate toward what you're familiar with what you know how to do mm-hmm. and so when you're able to educate people and give them options um they people are smart they will go to those things which work for them um, but people are also smart when things don't work to do what they're familiar with that does work you know which is crime sometimes you know sometimes it's crime and it's it's unfortunate. It is. My patients who have been in the prison system say that uh, the technology is one of the biggest things that they have to learn when they come out because they don't have cell phones. They don't even know what an iPad is. They've seen an iPad and they're like, oh my gosh. So not only do they not know how technically how to use them or to get online or anything, they haven't had the experience of how to negotiate around and how that's going to change their world. I mean, we take tech for granted, right? Oh, yeah. How long have you how how long have you had a smartphone? How long have mm-hmm. I had a smartphone? I've worked with several different healthcare systems that have changed over from paper to electronic, and we always say, "Oh, this is going to make our job so much easier." And it's it takes so long to learn all the different systems and how to use them and everyone's confused at first. And that's how it is for people who coming who are coming out of prison and maybe they have Medi-Cal and maybe they get a flip phone, but they don't have access to all the things that you and I do. Like when we just look at our phone and go, Oh, let me Google that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like Google is now a verb, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I didn't even consider that, especially for people that have been away for so long that they're coming into a whole different world and another reason why people might want to go back because this world is just different. different. It's so foreign to them. A lot of people were in prison for marijuana related crimes, which are now, it's now completely legal, you know? So, I mean, our society has changed so much in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's It's incredible. I can't even imagine to be put away for something like that. And the law changes while you're in prison and and how much time that they've already spent. Right. Or... Oh. So, and a lot of our female clients, what I've discovered is, so if you're, if you were in a car riding with your boyfriend and you were 18 years old um, and that boyfriend committed a crime and it's considered 
let's say they did a robbery, robbery and it's considered a gang-related robbery, they automatically tack five years onto the sentence and the female gets convicted with an added five years too. And, and you know, sometimes 18 year olds are just too young and too stupid to even know what they were doing. I know I was. Yeah. I was too. I certainly was. And so you'll see people in there serving like 20 years for, you know, these things that are just stupid. Like, how could you let yourself get in that position, you know, mm. and then have the gang thing tapped, tacked onto it. And uh, it's tragic as a country how many people we have in jail that uh, compared to other countries. We're not going to we're not going to, uh, you know, save the world today, but we can keep trying. Right. Yeah. We can. What you drinking there, Barb? Margarita, baby. Mm, I knew it. That sounds delicious. It It looked looked a little too milky for water. (laughs) Yeah, right. How are you doing, Brandon? Anyway. I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. Hanging in there? Hanging in there. Had a a little bit of a health scare a a couple weeks ago. Yeah? How is that? I'm fine now, but uh, I had like a seizure one night. I had to go... I had to be taken by the uh, ambulance to the ER. Wow, you've got a lot on your plate. Yeah. So it's, it, 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 <laughs> I mean, before that, there was a lot on my plate. So, yeah, you know, and I, I'm just grateful that I'm still standing and I'm learning. And I'm, I'm building up my, my strength and my foundation and Good. my spine. Good. And so, you know, there's actually something called a conversion, a conversion seizure. It's and and that when you have have so much stress in your life, you actually convert it into this electrical energy. And in the same way, you have an electrical thing like a drill or something that's overloaded and overheats. A circuit kicks in and it just turns it off. Mm. And I, I have a feeling that that is that, what that to you. It, it's. I'm glad that there's a name for that because that's. That's absolutely how it felt. It's almost like my brain and my heart weren't going to do the things that it needed to do. So my body said, you know what? Reboot, hard boot. Time to start over. Yep, yep, yep. Wake up call. We need to clear the box and there's this whole electrical thing that happens to you. And so that is actually your body's healthy way of turning off when you cannot take any more. Hmm. You simply cannot process any more than you've processed already. And so that's a healthy way of doing it. So. Well, it's, uh, it's definitely a wake up call to, to pay attention. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely take care of yourself, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And never hesitate to call me or Barb, or if you need to talk, you know, we both are, um, easy to talk to and non-judgmental and you know we're always here for you thank you and we're, we're here for you too i'm here for you guys too whatever you need All right, Brandon. Love thank you, you. Thank love you guys so much thank you so much okay love Bye. you guys the rad